0: Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit the Live. Thank you for joining.
1: Hey guys, we're here <laughs> on Views from the Porch. Welcome. I am joined in the studio, podcast studio with Josh Tam. What's up team? <laughs> And Elena. Oh, I like that. Rose Anderson Haas.
0: Hey,
2: guys.
1: And we, I've got another episode of you. <laughs> We're Beauty excited about her, too. We are so stinking stoked. Uh, Josh,
2: what are we talking about today? Yes, today we are talking about something that has caused us some concern. it's this, it, the charismatic movement we see happening around us. What's going on there? We want to talk about what is it, what's happening uh what are they doing? Is it biblical? Is it not? So we're just going to discuss all things, charismatic movement that seems to be sweeping across our nation. Yeah. Charismatic movement. So even what that is charismatic to frame up a little bit of the direction,
1: what Josh brought up is there's a growing uh, sector in Christianity in America that a lot of people would classify as charismatic. What does that mean? That's a word that doesn't just mean someone has charisma. If you've heard someone being described that way, it's a uh, Christian term often use or Christians often use it to describe a group of people who is more charismatic or more in line, the word Chariz- charismatic comes from the word charisma with the gifts and they are more expressive and they hold a different theological understandings than uh, we would hold. And we can flesh out some of those differences as it relates to the sign gifts yeah. uh, that would be healing, the uh, speaking in tongues or a private Prop- prayer language. Prophecy. A lot of these terms may be new to you, but point being it's a growing sect of society, a prophecy. That's another one. It's a growing sect within Christian society that, um, has some real concerns related to it yeah and uh, and there are some of the best music that is put out today is also ironically or oddly enough or I don't even know if it's coincidental and maybe there's a relationship is put out by people who have a more charismatic bent and leaning
2: yeah yeah and, and just to frame this up as well as we are speaking from our side, how, how we see, how we believe. And as we read through it, and really when we talk about the charismatic, maybe it's also people who not just, it's not that they um, just believe that the gifts are available, but there's like almost an emphasis on it. Yeah. There's an emphasis on, on, on the gifts, what they look like and how they do it. So I, a disproportionate
1: <laughs> emphasis based on the Bible and by sign gifts, you know, so the, now what do
0: y'all mean by sign gifts?
1: Yeah. So healing, speaking in tongues, um, would be a prophecy, like people saying, hey, I have a prophetic word from the Lord for you. Yeah.
2: And a lot of that comes from the book of Acts where we just see sign gifts, meaning back as the, as uh, Jesus left in the, and the message that the, his disciples were preaching, there was confirmation there with these signs coming from things like prophecy and speaking in tongues and all of that. So the, the apostles were doing signs and wonders. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. Question number 1 that I'd love to discuss is what what are our main concerns when we when we think about this and our main concerns with this whole like movement seems to be popular again there's really amazing wonderful music that we all listen to that comes out of this but what are our main concerns with the charismatic movement and what they believe and what they're teaching or yeah. even what they're emphasizing.
1: Yeah. Just a reminder, this is a conversation. So we're going to speak where God's word is clear. This is not David speaking on behalf of Watermark or Josh speaking on behalf of Watermark or the porch, though um, it's right and you should. It, with It makes sense that people would be like, hey, someone who is in a communication and position of leadership and as a part of their job is on staff there is speaking these things. So I'm not, we're not separating ourselves from that at all. Just saying, Hey, this is a conversation. We're going to be firm where God's word is firm, give our opinions and make sure you know it's our opinions or do our best to make sure you know it's an opinion when we venture into opinion. But your question was, what are the biggest concerns? Yes. What are our main concerns? I know that for me, what comes to mind is, um, I'll zoom on on each one. The prophetic thing is probably what I get most concerned about. Anytime that someone comes up and they said, "Hey, I have a word from God for you," and then what comes out of their word, out of their mouth next, is not directly from Scripture, or even worse, it contradicts Scripture. Yeah, uh, that is very concerning. In fact, it's wrong. It's sin. Um, if it is not contradictory to Scripture, but it is still just, hey, uh, it's not necessarily outlined clearly in God's Word. I wouldn't say it's wrong or even sin. I just would say, man, it may be that they received that word from the Lord. Maybe so. But as First John says, chapter 4, test the spirits. And I think you should test every single prophetic word that's given you. Does it align with God's word? And if it doesn't, does it um, contradict God's word? And is it clearly from God if someone comes up and says that to you? Maybe. Um, but God has really already spoken. And he's given us more than enough to follow. My life is not, um, I don't wake up every day being like, man, I just feel like I don't have enough instruction from the Lord on what a Mm. life devoted to him would be like. I've got more than enough to apply there. So it'd be like my wife leaving a to-do list of 10 things to do and uh, she leaves the house. And while she's gone, I'm like, man, I just wish my wife would have given me more things to do, like number 11, 12, 13, 14, I should first focus on number one through 10 before I'm like, oh, I don't have enough clarity on what my, the words that my wife would like me to do to take actions that she would like me to take should be. Um, I should first devote myself to those, and it feels like there's more than enough to go on. So I think prophecy, it, by pro- prophecy, you guys jump in, because yeah. a lot of this is so christian Yeah,
0: like what's an <clears throat> example of a prophetic word someone would say to you. Like some people may not even know what that means.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can jump in here. I've had someone say that to me. Someone has come up to me and said, I've I've got a word from the Lord and I just believe that someday you are going to, um, man, make a huge difference in the world. There's going to be a, a, a point in time in your life when you're teaching on a stage where the whole world can hear and, and you're going to make a really big difference. And, uh, and, and they said it in a way that it was like as if it was from the Lord. And I've had someone, I've, I've been around circles in which others have said similar things or just, I got a word from the Lord today. You, uh, today is going to be okay. Or it's going to be a good day or, or anything like that is what we mean by prophecies. Just someone yeah. speaking in your life saying, I've heard from God and this is specifically for you. And what, What David is saying to that is that's concerning because if what they're saying either contradicts scripture or isn't directly from it, um, when people begin to hold authority and sit and speak things almost on behalf of God, uh, we can, there's lots of dangers that could come with that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So David, has anyone ever said that to you? And if they have given you a prophetic word, like how do you respond when someone says that?
1: Yeah. No, all the time. People will, or they'll come down front, and um, anytime you speak on a stage, people will come, and our half of our audience at least, if not more, the porch, is from other churches, or they're not Christians, or they're not connected to a church at all. So people will come down, and they'll say, hey, I just feel like I have a word from the Lord for you, and then they will say... Um, and it's been all over the place. From hey, I think someone—it—it it almost can read like a fortune cookie, candidly, of like, hey, I think something in your near future is going to—that you didn't think was going to turn out well—is about to turn out for your good. Yeah. And it's so generic at times that I never—I never stop them and say, hey, you're—you're you're clearly insane. You're wrong. That's not going to happen. Or rebuke them unless it contradicts God's word. And uh, like, if people come down and they're like, hey, I feel like the Lord hasn't told me to become a part of a church. Then you have God's word to stand on and say, yes, he has. And he's made it very clear. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7 and verse 17. And in several other places, you are to be underneath the authority of elders. First Peter chapter 5. You who are young should close yourselves in humility. Submit yourself to the elders. And uh, so, if they contradict God's word, then you can step into rebuke land. Usually, it's like someone in a red shirt is going to bring you good news. That's what I mean by like fortune cookie. Yeah. And and I'm like, okay, well, great. Maybe maybe they're <laughs> speaking that, or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. But I want to, and then take the conversation and turn it towards where is that person in their spiritual journey? Are they a follower of Jesus? And just begin to like help me understand where. Um, where you're at right now. What's the church that you're part of? And just begin to try to navigate those things, which are very clear from God's word. And the red shirt, I'm like, great, all right, well, maybe it does happen. The danger around this one in particular is statistically, I'm gonna bump into somebody with a red shirt. Right. <laughs> and and then uh, why uh, I'd say it's really dangerous is if you're not thinking about it and thoughtful and, and, someone, and you never had somebody um, talk about the charismatic stuff before. Like if I wasn't kind of on the lookout for it, or thinking um, more critically about it, and by critically, I don't mean negatively. I mean just like being thoughtful. I'm gonna bump into that red shirt and then whatever they say to me, I'm gonna have further attentiveness being like, I think that this is the person that that other person told me God was gonna give me some encouraging word through. And then when they're my person checking me out at Chick-fil-A and they're like, "Um, it was my pleasure to give you this. I'm like, oh wow, that really all came true. All of a sudden that verifies what this other person said the first person who told me like, look for the red shirt. And it makes them seem like they really are speaking more on behalf of God. And it just becomes a dangerous thing. We want to exalt Jesus. We want to exalt the Bible. Yeah. Everybody else is playing the background and they should, including myself, including Josh, including Elena. Yeah. And so Jesus is who the focus needs to be on. We, he has spoken and given us a sure word and he has sent the true and living word, his son. Yeah. And beyond that, you should be careful. Last thing I'll say, and I know I'm going on, You keep going, <laughs> but Um. Is uh, is I, I, and the reason why is just I, my heart breaks for people who have been told if you do this, then God will richly reward you, and they take action, especially in times of desperation, um, and uh, where they're told by someone who's well meaning. Hey, I want to pray over you and your child is going to get well, but God's going to ask you to release something of great value to you. Mm -hmm. And then they go and they sell their wedding ring, hoping that their child will get better through that. And their child doesn't. And it just is manipulating. It's taking advantage of people. And I think it's the blind leading the blind. And oftentimes people don't even know that they're deceived. In the Old Testament, when a prophet would speak on behalf of the Lord, um, in Deuteronomy, oh man, it's chapters four. When, the, when a prophet would claim to speak on behalf of God, if it didn't come true, if someone said, hey, I'm speaking, I'm a prophet, and I'm going to speak on behalf of God. Here's what the Lord God Almighty says. You should go to here, and in doing so, you'll have victory. If that didn't come true, they killed the prophet Yeah, because He's you claim to speak on behalf of God. Yeah.
0: I just looked it up. It's Deuteronomy. honor me. Deuteronomy
1: 18.22.
2: 18.22 wasn't even close. <laughs>
1: Deuteronomy. Good.
2: It in Deuteronomy. Uh,
1: so that would be the one, I, but I'd love to hear what y'all answer.
2: Yeah, and I think one of the things okay. that also is really concerning there for me, David, is essentially they would, it's the question of the sufficiency of Scripture at that point. Like, is, is Scripture enough? Like, can I go to the Bible? And 2 Timothy 3 would tell you that... Uh, scripture is absolutely sufficient that there is nothing that you're going to run into that God's word doesn't speak into and it can help you while it may not tell you, you should quit your job or what college you should go to uh that the bible is enough that you can discern and live and understand who God is know his character and then through that wisely make choices inside of life and so there's a way in which if someone's giving you a word you're almost looking for and uh Speaking to Elena, if someone gives me something direct, I, I like that because I know exactly what to do, and instead of maybe miss out on what God's word is, and and so there's all kinds of hurts uh, and dangers uh, w- with that one specifically. But um, anyway, so here's here's a if I'm if I'm um, listening to this podcast and wondering, man, as you guys are speaking out against, this, is is someone that's. Inside the charismatic movement, and maybe giving me a word from the Lord or someone who's ever said that to me, does that automatically mean they're not a believer? That be, they're not a Christian? Or like speak no. into that a little bit? Or let's—I want to talk about that because I don't want. I guess I'd, I'm nervous that everyone listening is like, "Oh man, then you—you're totally like wrong. Everything in life is wrong about you." No, absolutely. I wouldn't say no. In fact, let me. Uh, here's the
1: most provocative thing that I'm going to say. It's going to light up seminary trolls. I'm anticipating the emails. <laughs> Email me at ahas at Oh
0: my gosh.
1: I'm not even saying that God never yeah. speaks through people that, uh, that come up to you and say that, uh, hey, I, have, I feel like God wanted me to share this with them. I'm not even saying that God didn't want them to share that with them. Um, because maybe he did. Maybe they come yeah. up and they're like, hey, I, um, I feel like God wants me to remind you that there are lots of lost people who don't know him in your neighborhood. And I'm not going to go, oh, dude, this guy is going to hell. He's not a believer because God does want my mind to be continually reminded. There are lots of non-Christian people who are going to spend eternity away from God that are all around me. Uh, and I'm not even saying that it always has to be that kind of clear and baked that God could never, never say, hey, there's a red shirt man that's going to encourage you or has something for you. Maybe I'm sure God could. God can do anything. Yeah. So I wouldn't even say that that person's not a believer. I just have tremendous caution. And there are entire movements that are being fueled by people who, and they just, this is a regular part of what they do. You come together and worship and you're like, hey, now turn around and prophesy over yeah. one another. And I just think that is setting people up to experience something that God didn't call, uh, that is not biblical, yeah. That is not. that is dangerous yeah. because mm-hmm. it's speaking on behalf of man, claiming to speak on behalf yeah. of God. And I just, I have great concern over it.
0: And here's the other thing. We're not even saying, okay, I think all of us have had the experience when you feel in there's something in you that's like, hey, I I feel like something's telling me to go talk to that person. And it's like, sometimes that could be the Holy Spirit being like, hey, I want you to go share um, about me to this person. And it's like, we're not saying those feelings you have can't even be real and they can't even be the Holy Spirit, but it just gets dangerous when you say, hey, God told me this. It's like... It just gets dangerous when you start saying for certain that it is God or it is the Holy Spirit when you're not sh- absolutely
2: sure. Because you could, you could go to Matthew 5 and say, and know that from God's word tells you to go and let your light shine, be a light to those around you and love those around you. And while when, when you stand in there in the gap yourself and decide, we like friends, every single one of us. Has been broken because of sin in our lives. We that God's word is inerrant; it, like it is sufficient enough. And so when you when you stand up and say this is from me, if you're speaking on behalf or you're using God's word to uh, speak into someone's life, man, you're, you're in such a good and solid place. But when we or anyone, whatever, either you or anyone would come to you and say that they've got a word for you on their own man, uh, it just leaves so much room um, for the brokenness of our sin to come into the world and, and you can get uh, sideways and land in a place that God's word maybe wouldn't have you. Totally. So, he, here's a, Oh, sorry.
0: Well, no, you go ahead. Well,
2: here's another thing that people do. So to,
1: let me give it, can I give a couple of examples that I think yeah. maybe we'll flesh it out? Yeah. I do mm-hmm. think there are times where I, I have said before, hey, I feel like God told me, uh, God has made it clear or God moved us here. God had us here. God wants me to share this with you. I've gone to, uh, I was at a, oh man, my team made fun of me for this story. I love it. Um, maybe I shouldn't though. I was uh, <laughs> speaking at something in Missouri uh, not long ago and was up there, got in, flew in, had a friend that came with me for the trip. We, we stopped, got there at 1030 at night, stopped to eat dinner. We're driving down to Branson to speak at this deal the next morning and stopped at this restaurant and began to talk with our waiter. His name was Joel. I asked him, Joel, what do you know? What do you know about the name Joel? He was like, oh, I think it's from the Bible. And I was like, that's right, it is. He was a prophet in the Old Testament and he spoke on behalf of God. And uh, while uh, we just kind of shared with him of what the story of Joel was there, at some point I transitioned and said, uh, I feel like God, in other words, God sent Joel, the prophet long ago, Mm -hmm. to go speak to people on his behalf, to go speak to the people of God on behalf. And uh, I feel like God has sent us, Joel, to come speak to you and to come share with you that he hasn't forgotten you that he loves you so much he sent his only son to die for you he wants a relationship and i think he put us in random missouri he was like uh springfield missouri to come share that message with you because he hasn't forgotten you and um and then the part that my team makes fun of me is because then i like jokingly said because we're angels and uh <laughs> And he, of course, like his eyes would flickered. And um, and so I said, "I'm we're about to walk out of this room and disappear as we walk into the park. <laughs> Because Amen. God, I know. And then I said, I'm totally kidding with Joel. What I'm not kidding about is that God hasn't forgotten you. And I do think that he moved us here and he has us here to share that with you. I can feel like I can stand on God's word and look and say, man, he has called us to go make disciples of all nations, all people everywhere to
2: engage them with the truth of the gospel. No, you don't feel like you can. You can stand Yeah, on God's
1: word. I, I can stand on that. Now, So that's one example where I can use that same language of, hey, God, I feel like I think God had me here to share this with you because I can find that in the Bible. There's other times where people will incorporate scripture and they do so in a way that I I still think, despite the fact that they're quoting the Bible, they are speaking it in a prophetic way that's not helpful. Another example would be if I read this morning that the um, Valley of Sedim was full of bitumen pits from Genesis (laughs) 14.10. And you had a bitumen, whatever a bitumen pit is, you had one of those. And I said, I feel like, you know, just like that valley was full of it, your life right now is in a valley because you have that pit. And that's what happens whenever you have these bitumen pits. I'm quoting the Bible. And this is Uh where I think the the most manipulative, dangerous way that people do is people will incorporate, they'll kind (laughs) of sprinkle in this verse. Totally out of context. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with what they're saying. And then they will say, and that's what God wants you to know. Even though you're in this valley, He's going to fill your life with bitumen pits, with fruit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And then the person starts thinking, like, what is that bitumen pit in exactly. my life that I need to leave behind? That's like, exactly yeah. What people <laughs> and then you start do. going mm-hmm. down these rabbit trails in your head. And
2: yeah. yeah, totally. That
0: gets dangerous. That's
2: exactly what people do. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's uh, another danger when I think about this, David, and, and this is, we'll probably could talk about this and then probably come to a close, but. Inside of this charismatic movement, I think something that is dangerous is that often what we're looking for, what we're building on, is is experiences. You know, like these experiences that are really fun. It is really cool, or it feels good to have someone speak into your life and say these things, or whatever. It uh, it feels good to have a maybe a um, you know the speaking in tongues topic and having a special prayer language makes me feel like my my intimacy with the Lord is deeper now because of this. And suddenly, what can happen? Uh, I think over time or maybe even quickly is just that people are looking more for an experience instead of like a deep abiding relationship with the Lord and Piper has a a really fun quote which is man if if you want to hear God speak read your Bible out loud you know and and, and so what's dangerous here and I would love to spend just the last minute or two speaking into it is um, man, with the whole charismatic movement and the things that are happening and the experiences that are in the laying on of hands and the healing and prophecy and all of that, that it can become an experience where people begin to look more for the experience than really to experience who God is by the uh, inerrancy of the scripture, his people. And so let's speak a little bit into why that's dangerous, David. Wait, say it Say it faster. Yeah. So if I were to say it faster, I think that people are looking for an experience and not a relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And why is that dangerous?
1: Yeah. I think because they're looking for an experience and not a relationship with the Lord and they're constantly needing to feed that experience. Yes. And, um, and it's just an emotional high and emotional low. And, um, and God made us with emotions. Emotions are not a bad thing, but when they become the thing that I worship rather than God and I Mm -hmm. worship God with my emotions, then, um, and I'm dependent on those emotional highs and emotional lows, it's just a really dangerous thing. And so you may, if you're listening, you may be going like, who are they talking about? Are they talking about Bethel? Are they talking about Hillsong? Are they talking about Elevation? Are they talking about Mosaic? Are they talking about, you know... Upper Room? The Upper Room. Are they talking about Rick Warren's church? Are they talking about Tim Keller's church? Are they talking about Gateway? Are they talking about First Baptist Houston? No. And yes... We're talking about any place (laughs) that worships through emotion or worships emotion itself, that is not careful to make sure that they're grounding their teachings and what they call people to coming from God's word, that is stirring people up and creating confusion. All of those things would be negative. And candidly, uh, I think all of us have a responsibility. Here's Here's the burden that I feel. Whatever platform God gives us to use it, to encourage people, to point people to Jesus, to call them to follow his word, and when somebody in, our, in the Christian community, the broader American Christian, everyone, the Christian society or Christian community, if you will, like all churches in, in America, when one of them begins to um, inflame those things or disproportionately focus on those things, and they're some of the best music that's being put out, there's just a concern that I think we have. I think the most clear example I would give of this, I think I've got concerns with Bethel. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what I hear, I've never been to Bethel. I have. A, I actually know someone who's who's a, a part of the staff there, and um, who I've had a relationship with for years. I've never seen firsthand. I don't candidly. I've never listened to a, a much of a Bethel sermon, maybe like a clip. But from what I understand, and there's been different resources released defecting from Bethel from the cultish podcast. If the stuff that that was shared in that podcast is true, there's some really concerning things going on there. And, uh, but it may not be. The first to plead his case seems right until the other comes and, and shares theirs. And uh, as the proverb says, but I, I think if that is taking place or any place where emotions are being manipulated to not move or and manipulated is just a word for moved. So any place where emotions are being moved and, and used to not spur people on in the direction that is clearly in line with God's word, you should be concerned. Yeah. So I don't know if that, that uh, is confusing or anything you guys would add on that. But I think a lot of young, young adults are listening to stuff. Now you may be asking, and here's where I, we don't have time for this, but you guys help. I'm happy to. The music, like, well, is it okay to listen to music from places like that? And, um, and I think that's just a constant thing to wrestle with. What's the message behind those, behind those, that music. So, um, but if that song leads you to then go find that place, uh, find that church, uh, I think, and the church is not teaching biblical things or not exalting Jesus or over exalting the prophetic words, then I think that is a real concern.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So we're about to wrap this up, but, uh, I was just over here thinking like we've stated some of our views and what we think, but on the flip side, I think people could hear this podcast or read our doctrine statement on Watermark's website and say that like, we are quenching the spirit. Like we need to give, more thought to healing and prophecy and speaking in tongues and all of those things. And and we are really just taking it too far and quenching the spirit. And how would you respond to that?
1: Yeah, I would say, I hope not. And I don't think that we are. The fruit of the spirit is, as it's laid out in Galatians five is not, um, it's not first and foremost that what we're told in Galatians five, it's not the fruit of the spirit is healing and prophecy and speaking in tongues. It says it's love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control. And, um, and that's not the exhaustive list, but those are the things that, man, they, this should be what the spirit of God is producing in every believer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is the gift of healing done? I, uh, well, let me ask it another, or let me say it another way. Could God still heal people? Yes. I think God does still heal people. Every time I get a cut, I'm not healing that. God's yeah. healing. <laughs> like like God is still, um, yeah. he is still moving mountains. He's still healing people. He's still doing all of that. And could he supernaturally um, cause a, a disease or cancer or something to go away? Absolutely. God can do anything in any place through any time or at any time through anyone. Right. In any way that he wants to. And um, so I, I, I hope we're not quenching the spirit. I hope we're calling people to like walk with the spirit of God yeah. that produces the fruit in his life, uh, produces the fruit that the spirit produces in life. And those are what, um, in other words, the most spirit-filled place and most spirit-filled people should be people whose lives have, Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control.
2: It's good. Okay, friends, I think we're we're getting to the end of this. And once you guys know more than anything, if you are listening, that we would we want you to be really thoughtful. Be thoughtful about what you're uh, what you're listening to, what you are um, taking as truth. And, and more than anything, remember that God's word is fully and entirely sufficient. That like go spend time, study. It. If you if you want to get to know who God is and whether things are right, spend time there, reading His word and getting to be around His people and uh yeah and be thoughtful
1: about what we're saying
2: totally you should you should be
1: thoughtful about everything and candidly let me say this because i don't want to just throw shade and throw grenades out there and be like man look at those people out there um like i said um i I don't know I've never been to a lot of these churches and places and I don't know what's going on there. My job is to be thoughtful and evaluate how we can do what we're doing more biblically. And uh, yeah. people should evaluate this podcast based on God's word. You right. should, just like we were saying, you should evaluate other churches and other places. You should evaluate our church and and me, David and Elena and Josh and align anything that we're saying with with God's word. And where is it not aligned with God's word? So that's that's all I got. If you have questions, yeah. email us please at info at the porch. live info at theporch.live. And uh, as always, subscribing, rate, review, all that stuff is such a gift. We love hearing from you guys. And if there's any feedback or any questions you want us to cover, you can email us also at info at the porch. Live. That's all I got. We will see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch.
0: We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at theporch.